I'm so tired. There's not enough hours in the day. Bullshit excuses. I've got too much to do. I have to work late. I have to run the kids around. The bullshit excuses. I have to get up early tomorrow. They end now. This is fitness for nine to fivers. You work day-to-day jobs. In fact, you may even have two, and you've been trying to fit in a healthy lifestyle. We have the solution. This is fitness for nine to fivers. And this is Andrew Marsham. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fitness for 9 to Fivers podcast with myself, Andrew Marsham. Um, today, we are getting into a very special topic that is probably close to my heart, um, and that is muscle building secrets. Um, so, first and foremost, if you haven't done so already and you're listening to this podcast, go and grab your free meal plan at the link in the description below. Also, we have brought out something new, or I am starting something new. Anyone who would like a completely free health audit or quick 20-minute chat with myself, I am offering three of these every single week. Three only, that's it. Um, There will be a link in the description to book that chat. Um, So if anyone wants to take advantage, get some hints, tips, and maybe some tactics that are working for my clients at the moment, then by all means, take advantage and grab your call. As I said, three per week, that's all we're doing. Um, And the link to book that will be in the description below. Now, let's get into the topic at hand. So this was voted for in the Fitness for 9 to 5ers Facebook group. If you're not in that group, get yourself in it. And it's going to be the secrets to muscle building success. What is the secret to building muscle? Um, I started out, first and foremost, my own journey at 8 stone. So I was 120 pounds when I joined the gym. I was 8 stone. Now, for reference, I am 5 foot 7. Um, so I am not very tall, um, but I still started out as a very skinny, very small, very scrawny young boy. Um, at my highest in the most recent bulk, I was over, touching around 180 pounds. So I have put on over the years around 50% of my own weight. Um, and I wasn't overly, I wasn't overweight when I was at 180 pounds. I wasn't lean by any stretch of the imagination I would say but I wasn't overweight now how have I gone about actually adding um half of my original body weight now for anyone who has any doubts about it I do not take steroids <laughs> I never have and I never will um the likelihood is unless it was improved I wouldn't I wouldn't do it and I think it would only turn off the people I'm trying to attract anyway. So I will never do steroids. I never have. Um, but what has allowed me to build muscle over, in all honesty, the last nine years? So nine years I ha- nine years now I have been training as of January. Um, it was a New Year's resolution. I started in 2012. And I have been consistent with the gym ever since. And that is the first secret. (laughs) 
Oh, brilliant. Can't wait to use this. So that is the first secret, and that is consistency. Um, as I said there, I have been training nine years consistently. Now, <laughs> the first three to four, as I'm sure everyone knows, and I talk about it all the time, were not very good. Um, and even two to three years after that, I was going out a lot. I was going out fucking Friday to Sunday. I was not feeling good Monday, Tuesday. Training was poor. I was ticking the boxes, but I was just not there. My eating wasn't there at the weekends. My sleep wasn't there at the weekends. My nutrition wasn't there. I wasn't training at the weekends. The recovery process was in the toilet. Um, so I have built up over nine years, but the last probably three or so have been very, very good in my part. Now, what, what are the secrets to actually building muscle and getting to a physique that you can be happy with? Firstly, consistency. You have to be consistent. Muscle building takes time. Muscle building is not like fat loss. Fat loss, you can see results week on week. The changes will happen drastically quickly. You can lose a lot of weight in a short space of time. When it comes to building muscle, you have to be more patient. It is a far more patient process, and it does take a lot of time and effort. Now, the problem most people run into when it comes to building muscle or trying to get to a physique they're happy with is, <clears throat> what do I do? Do I, do, do I build muscle? Do I burn fat? And then it's a, a, a toss-up between the two. It's this constant flipping and flopping between, I want to build muscle, now I want to lose fat, now I want to build muscle. The old adage that you chase two rabbits and you catch neither could not be truer. Get focused with a goal. Get focused with fat loss. Get focused with muscle building. Whatever one you want to choose, pick it, prioritize it. Now, you might, buy, you might um, as a byproduct of trying to build muscle, lose fat. Or you might, as a byproduct of trying to lose fat, build muscle. Now, you have to do, you have to focus mostly on one of them. Make one your priority and focus on it for 16 weeks, 24 weeks, 52 weeks. Looking at things from a zoomed out perspective, the, the reason most people fail to get results or ever really get, a, get, a, get to a level that they're happy with is they're thinking in terms of 12 weeks or 12 months. You have to look at your fitness goals from rest of your life perspective where do you want to be in three years five years ten years it's very much the same when it comes to maybe building a business or your career or something along those lines you have to look long term thinking about what you want to achieve in the next four to six to twelve months that should be a minimum focus for something like a fat loss phase now everyone is going to be different everyone is going to be at different stages have different problems have different levels of experience if you're just starting out if you're overweight you obviously you have to lose body fat first plain and simple that is your priority but if you're someone who may be in that you'll hear it quote unquote skinny fat realm where you may not have, have any muscle you've not really been exposed to training but you do have a little bit of excess body fat that you'd like to see get rid of my in, in most cases in most scenarios firstly i would focus on leaning out a little first then getting into a building phase because when you are reasonably lean, it takes some good habits. It takes a lot of work to get to that stage. 
Like someone, someone, the perfect example. This is Stuart. Stuart has leaned down incredibly well. He wasn't someone who was carrying loads of excess body fat, but there was a bit to lose. Now, Stuart has lost that bit of body fat. He is looking very lean and is now in, honestly, a, a superb position to focus and build muscle. Now, the goal is not to, to look like a bodybuilder. No one, and I've said this a million times in this podcast, the... No one who is listening to this is probably looking to become a bodybuilder. I have been trying to build muscle and get too big for nine years and I still haven't managed it. <laughs> so if I've been trying for nine years to get too big and still haven't managed it, someone who is struggling to be consistent with training or never has been exposed to a proper training plan is not going to turn into a bodybuilder overnight. That is something that will crop up in, when I speak to people. Focus on resistance training first and foremost. Now, let's get into how you actually accumulate muscle building and how you actually make that process occur over time. Consistency, number one. Then get focused. Flipping and flopping between two goals is going to get you absolutely nowhere. When it comes to building muscle, you should be thinking in periods of eight to 12 months at a minimum. Now, when I go into a muscle building phase, I will slowly aim to gain weight at around 1 to 1.5% body weight per month. That is per month. In the fat loss phase, for example, I look to, to, to lose around 0.71% to body weight per week. Now, that's a 4x on progress and fat loss. That's why fat loss can sometimes be a bit easier to stick to because people see results, the progress is happening week on week, you're seeing physical changes. Muscle building is slow, it takes time. Now, the key here is not to fucking go on the seafood diet. You do not just see food and eat it. That is not the case. <laughs> I have done this plenty of times. <laughs> I have blown myself up in fucking 12 to 16 weeks. I'm then carrying too much excess body fat and I feel like I need to cut again. And it's that vicious cycle. You're going 12 weeks of this and two weeks of that and 12 weeks of this and two weeks of that. And you end up nowhere. Um, six to 12 month building phases are, as a minimum should be what you're looking at. Consistency. Then look at your training program. So, Consistency, focus on one goal and take your time. Take your time, one to one and a half percent body weight per month. That does not mean stuffing your face with Krispy Kreme as soon as you come out of a fat loss phase. <laughs> I know nobody wants to hear that, <laughs> but the key is you have to take your time. Now, this is, can actually be more difficult than going in a fat loss phase. When you're in a fat loss phase, you're focused. You've got a goal. You're working towards building muscle. Being allowed to eat that little bit more food and actually gaining weight can very quickly spiral into not giving a fuck. And that's where you end up back, back to square one. You may be a little bit stronger and you justify it by saying bulking, bro. That's, I don't know how many times I've done it myself. So when you are going into that muscle building phase, you do have to be more patient. Consistency. Let's look at, let's circle back to that. Consistency in your workouts is absolutely imperative when it comes to building muscle. If you want to build muscle, I would probably, probably tell you to do it the same workout program for 16 weeks every single week. A well-structured program where you're hitting everything correctly for 16 weeks will be probably the number one way to progress. But 
in reality, that's not realistic because most people get bored. Listen, myself included, I will typically change phases every eight weeks or so. Eight to 10 to 12 weeks, it depends. Me personally, I can stomach it more. Clients, I will tend to, to change programs every eight weeks or so. More for um, just keeping things fresh, it's, it's a bit more exciting, and I understand that. But eight to 16 weeks, like somewhere in that range, should be good. If you're changing your program every two weeks, you're wasting your time. You're never, ever getting better. Now, you will hear the idea of muscle confusion. That is complete fucking nonsense. That, that, the idea of muscle confusion, I don't know where it comes from or where, or where the idea stems from, but it's that if you change things every week, you're shocking the muscle. Exercises are a skill that have to be acquired. First and foremost, you have to acquire the skill for an exercise. Then you have to get better at said exercise. And how you build muscle is by continually improving said exercise with additional load or progressive overload. Now, that does not need to be just weight. And this is stepping nicely into the next thing. You need something called progressive overload. You cannot go into the gym week on week, do the same weights, do the same reps, do the same program, and expect some changes. You do the, the same thing you've always done, you'll get the same thing you've always got. You have to focus on progression. So get your workout down, eight to 16 week plan. Now how you structure that, I'm not gonna get into today. Just hit everything twice per week, that's a start point, that's the only point I'm gonna get into today. I've God knows how many podcasts and how to structure programs. Or YouTube videos, there's a full actual muscle building series over on my YouTube, that'll be linked in the bio again. Um, but when it comes to progressing your workouts, you have to be improving every single week. Now, this could be one rep. That's an improvement. But you do that for 16 weeks, a 16 reps more, the 16 reps more at a certain weight, that's a massive improvement. Now, the, the week, a point where you, you increase the load or you, you up the weight, that kind of thing, there are different ways you can do it. Maybe you shorten the rest periods, something along those lines, although I wouldn't recommend shortening the rest periods. Now, you have to focus on that improvement over time. That is priority. If you're not improving, if you're not getting better, if you're not pushing more reps out for the same weight, or you're not increasing the weight you're using, or you're not maybe slowing down the reps and having more time under tension, if you're not doing something that is creating a further stimulus for your body to build muscle, it's just going to stay the same. Nothing's going to fucking change. There's, there's people who go into the gym and fight. I, I don't know if that's maybe their goal, but you will see them and they're, they're the exact same as they looked three, four, five years ago. I've seen it plenty of times. I, it was me for a long time. Um, and it was just that continuous go in, tick the box, just going through the motions. I was going through the motions. There was no progression. And how do you actually progress that? Simple tactic here. Track your workouts and make sure you are doing this on a daily, weekly basis. Tick the boxes is basic and as simple as that sounds. It is one of the most powerful things you can do to ensure you progress. What did I do last week? What did I do this week? Did I improve? Yes, fantastic. No, why? Was my sleep off this week? Was my performance down? Was I a bit tired today? As long as the general trend is up, you're good to go. Now, you're probably not gonna progress every single week for four months on end. It's probably unrealistic to expect that. It may be possible, and if it does happen, fantastic. But the general trend should always be up. If you have a down week or a down day, fine. Listen, we all have them. But move on, refocus, and go again next week. So there's a few things we're looking at here. 
consistency. You have to be consistent, like four, three to five times working out per week for years. <laughs> like it, it, nothing happens in twelve weeks or even twelve months. Um, well, a lot can happen in twelve months, to be fair. But you have to be consistent for years to really build a significant amount of muscle mass or get to a place where you can um, consume a lot of calories and maintain your weight or something. If that's what you're aiming for, consistency with the with your training first and foremost consistency with nutrition progressive overload in your training sessions tracking that session um, and then focusing on one goal let's look at the nutrition side when it comes to nutrition spacing your meals out throughout the day three to five meals even servings across the day with a protein uh, feeding at each meal is essential for muscle building um it's not life or death but every time you consume between 20 and 40 grams of protein, you spike something called muscle protein synthesis. This is the process of building muscle. You can do this every three hours-ish. So if your goal is to build muscle, you want to aim to spike it every three hours. That's why I personally eat every three hours. I have just eaten that pattern for years. I understand some people can't do that. If you're at a nine to five and you maybe don't have the flexibility with your breaks or something like that, fine, it's not going to be the end of the world. But if you have the ability to eat three, maybe five meals per day or five protein servings per day, around 20, 40 grams, that's going to be more beneficial for muscle building in the long run. Now, I would argue that if you're spiking that muscle protein synthesis curve, you're doing it five times every single day consistently for seven days a week, and you're doing that for a year, it's going to make a difference as opposed to doing it three times. That's just my uh, outlandish guess. Um, there is no massive research around this, but, but th there actually is. There's a couple of studies that have shown more, more protein servers to be more beneficial, but it was like comparing three meals and one meal. One meal... Like, I can see that. But three to four, if you're getting three to five, you're good to go. But try and hit a protein serum consistently every three to four hours if you can. Or aim for as close to that as you possibly can. 20 to 40 grams. Um, again, it's going to be slightly different for everyone. Caloric surplus. Again, you have to progressively overload your food. <laughs> you, ha you have to continue to eat more. There are people in this program, for example, Jack is someone who's been on the program. He's gained almost 10 kilos now. Um, incredible progress, done absolutely amazing. Um, but he was absolutely blown away at how much food he needed to consume to build muscle. If you are not gaining weight, if you're not gaining strength, and your training is correct, and your sleep is good, and all those, and all those other t boxes are ticked, you're not eating enough. But I, but Andrew, I, I eat loads not eating enough, but Andrew, I eat more than Brian at my desk. I mean, I, he, I double what he eats and, and he's, he's losing weight. Who gives a fuck about Brian? <laughs> We're talking about you. <laughs> Everyone's, everyone is different. Um, there was someone who previously come on this program. They weighed at nine stone something and they were consuming 4,000 calories a day and not gaining weight. So everyone is different. Um, if you are not gaining weight, putting on muscle, getting stronger, and all the other boxes are ticked, your training program's good, your sleep's okay, all that kind of, your hydration's all there, you need to fucking eat more. <laughs> and sometimes that does not look good. Sometimes you need to, you know, get some quote-unquote unhealthy foods in. 
I've got a litre of chocolate milk down the stairs. I have a glass post-workout just now. So it's, it's actually reasonably low in fat, high in protein and carbs. There's a lot of sugar in it. But having something like that post-workout just makes it easier for me to get calories in during the day. Now, that may be the case for you. Trying to eat <laughs> 3,000 calories of chicken, white fish and rice cakes, I can't imagine being a good laugh. Um, certainly not something I'd be giving a go. So again, you may have to get a bit more adventurous with your food types. As long as you're hitting a base of reasonably high quality ingredients for the majority of the time, you should be good to go. A lot of people overthink things. Um, fat loss muscle building isn't massively complicated. It's just, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of framework. To, it takes a lot of understanding to put the framework in place. But once it's in place, it's just a matter of improving it in one direction or decreasing it in the other when it comes to nutrition, for example. I will eat relatively similar year round. Year round. Now, I'm not having glasses of chocolate milk when I'm getting ready for a photo shoot and I'm on 1,200 calories because that's going to get rid of two, 300 calories that I could have had in higher volume foods. But something like that is just something I add in from time to time. The food choices I have throughout the year will remain relatively similar. So to recap, consistency, focus on one goal for eight to 12 months. You have to think long-term when it comes to muscle building. It's not going to happen overnight. Track your workouts, get a good set structure for eight to 16 weeks at a time and progressively overload it. Progressively overload your food as well. Fucking eat more <laughs> if you're not gaining weight. Um, final one I'll touch on is sleep. Again, massively under, under uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? <laughs> it's, bit, it's underplayed. That The importance of sleep is underplayed. That's what I'm looking for. Get to bed and wake up at the same time. Get in a good sleep pattern. Cut out the blue light. Cut out all the shite. I've got a multitude of podcasts again around house proper sleep hygiene. I believe it's called The Routines of Billionaires. Go back and watch it. I can't remember what episode it is. I, go, I dive in deep to my nighttime and morning routine. Something like those I would absolutely include, um, especially when it comes to building muscle. Um, your sleep hygiene is something that's massive. So again, those are the secrets. Those are the frameworks. Those are what you need to do to build muscle on a consistent long-term basis. And you have to think about this in periods of years, not months and weeks. Um, that is absolutely key. My internet is unstable. Can everyone still hear me okay? All good? All good? Just kind of flickered there. It's been playing up, playing up again tonight. Um, so no doubt this will fucking cut out right at the end. <laughs> and that'll be a good laugh and I'll be all raging. This is what happened. Be one of these. <laughs> oh, that's, that's BT when I'm five minutes away from the end of the podcast. <laughs> Um, so that is my muscle building secrets. Now that plays importantly into fat loss as well, because you want to apply all those strategies and tactics to maintain the muscle that you built when you are in a fat loss phase. Now you may not progress your workouts. You will not be progressing food certainly, but looking at all those different elements and aspects transfers directly into fat loss. The only thing that should change massively when you are going from a muscle building phase to a fat loss phase is the amount of food you're eating. That's it. The framework of it all remains the same. The times you're eating, the, the, um, the, the amount of meals per day, you just increase the size or decrease the size. 
Training should stay the same. Okay, you, you might include some cardio or increased steps and things like that. But the basic framework of how all of this pieces together shouldn't really change through too much throughout the year. Um, anyone get any questions, comments, anything whatsoever on that? Callum, I know you were... Um, oh, there he is, Callum, straight on my question. My question is about what you should be doing warm-up. Yeah, I was just going to dive into the Q&A, Callum, so um, I'll catch this just now. Should be doing to warm-up before weight training. How to do it to enhance hypertrophy, but not tie yourself out prior to lifting weights for upper and lower body sessions. I start with 10 minutes of cardio, whether that's in a rower, a cross trainer, a treadmill, a bike. Honestly, I'm not too fussed with what it is. Get the heart rate up, get the blood pumping. I just like walking in the treadmill because I can walk while I'm doing it as well. Um, and it's efficient for me. So that's why I do that and the cross trainer hurts my back. Um, but pick one that suits first, then just go into some, um, some rehearsal movements. You can do some dynamic stretching. So no static stretch and hold, nothing like that. Dynamic stretching. Maybe, for example, Callum, you mentioned shoulders, for example. You would do some shoulder circles. Do some shoulder circles. Get your arms going. When it comes to doing legs, do some high knees, things like that. Dynamic movements. Then always rehearse the movements that you're doing. Don't just go straight into a working set. If, you're, if your program says three sets of eight to 12, and let's say it's a bench press, you should be doing a set with the bar. First and foremost, 12 reps. Then doing another warm-up set where you maybe put 10, 10 kilos either side or 5 kilos either side. doesn't fucking matter. Just whatever weight you can comfortably do 12 reps with. I'm talking like you could do 15, 20, but you stop at 12. You're not exhausting yourself. Then you get into a warm-up, a proper working set. And if your first working sets, let's say you're doing some strength-building exercises where you're in that lower rep range, maybe five to eight reps, you should be doing two to three warm-up sets before going into that heavier work. If, you're, if you're, your rep range is on the eight to 12, 12 to 15, there's a bit more leeway there. You've got a bit lighter, more controllable weight um, that you're using, so it's not as bad. Rehearsal set, warm-up set, into the working set. After some cardio and dynamic stretching, you'll be good to go. Um, if there's anything that feels overly niggly or you have a, a specific shoulder injury, maybe doing some bands and things like that, some open opening up, again, very light. You're not trying to take anything to fail you. You're not trying to challenge yourself. You do not want to affect what you're about to do in the workout. Um, hopefully that answered your question, Callum. Let me know if it didn't. Um, no problem at all, mate. Um, if anyone's got anything else, of course, jump in. Um, and now I'm going to pull up the check-in questions that I did have ready this week. <laughs> For once. Um, that's two weeks in a row, I think. Um, I think that's a row. Yeah, that's probably a record. <laughs> so let's get into the Q&A. Now, as I said, if anyone's got any questions, file them in the chat box or jump in just now. Um, and I will work through how to train mindset from Chris McMahon. Um, mindset's a funny thing. Um, this is something that I have developed massively over the last couple of years and invested a lot of time in um, improving my own. Um, but it comes from reading books, listening to podcasts, surrounding yourself with positivity. 
There is nothing worse than fucking surrounding yourself with assholes or people who are negative. I do not watch the news. I cannot stomach it. Um, it is something, something like that, for example. I just cannot fucking face it. Um, if I want to know something, somebody will tell me. <laughs> Removing yourself from social media scrolling, watching the news every day, especially in a time like this where all it's doing is blasting it. Well, to start with, it was a death count. Now it's just a cases per day. Um, anytime you go on the news, there's so many cases. Listen, 1,600 people die in the UK every day. Um, you're lucky if 1% or 1% to 2% of that is coronavirus at the moment. I'm not sure of the exact figures, but it is by no means chief among them. I mean, among the deaths. Now, of course, absolute tragedy what's happened to some people, but... If you think COVID is one of the biggest killers or is something to be massively concerned about, then you have to look at the bigger picture. Things like cancer, heart disease, all this kind of thing, far bigger killers. And how we can actually prevent them. And how do, how do we actually prevent COVID as well? Or seem to not prevent COVID. Um, I need to watch what I say here. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting you can prevent it. But what have we seen? No one under 30 in Scotland has died from why is that? Because they've got strong immune systems. That is something you can directly impact. <laughs> they are now saying 80% of people who have been who have been confirmed, 80% uh, of people who are seeing health problems through COVID or potential death have a vitamin D deficiency. Again, one of the supplements that I, I recommend and something that is woefully um, under, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, what people are woefully deficient in, in the UK, for example, is vitamin D3. Simple supplementation of that really helps out. Now, that's not going to cure COVID or prevent it, but it's certainly going to help. Um, and the science is now pointing that out, and it has been clear about on that actually for quite a while. So mindset in this time especially, surround yourself with positive people. I, I follow about 20 folk on Instagram. Now, I actually see about that, those posts. I do not scroll social media. Someone does all my messaging. Someone does all my posting now. I try and remove myself from it as much as I possibly can. And I listen to only those who I want to listen to um, or who I feel are going to progress me in any area of life. I read books on it. I will listen to Audible. If you do not have Audible, that is one of the best investments you can ever make. Audible is £8 per month. You can download audiobooks. Now, you need to pay for the audiobooks, but you can get three credits for like 18 quid. It is one of the best things you can do. There is a multitude of personal and personal development books out there. Um, I could write them off a list. Um, I'm going to send Chris some after this. Um, but there is absolutely tons of them. I've done posts on this as well. Um, but surround yourself with positivity. Um, that would that would be my my guess. If somebody's bringing you down, if somebody's negative, I just fucking cut them out now. I just have no time for it anymore. <laughs> I just try really not to tolerate it in my life now. If someone's being negative, um, if someone's pulling me down, I just have no time for that shit. <laughs> I just walk away. Um, it may come across as rude at times, um, but at the end of the day, um, it's my life. <laughs> and I, I don't have time for that. There's enough positive people in this world that you can go and find, trust me. Um, I work with almost 100 of them. <laughs> um, subjects are always good. Questions, questions, questions. Do, do, do. 
Craig, nothing, nothing. Right, so here we go. When I'm starting up cardio, this is from Josh Kane. When I'm starting to up my cardio, should I continue to see weight loss or is it less likely as I am building muscle? Always hear that muscle weighs more than fat, but still want to drop weight at the same time. Push on with what weights I can lift in the gym. When I'm starting to up my cardio, should I continue to see weight loss or is this less likely as I am building muscle? So, for reference to this question, Josh is in a fat loss phase at the moment. When he ups his cardio, he is likely to see more weight loss. Um, how you define whether you're building muscle or losing weight or anything along those lines would be by firstly performance in the gym. Are you getting stronger on a daily basis? Now, are you getting stronger in your lifts? Is your performance improving? Are you doing more reps? Are you using more weight? If you're seeing that and your weight's going down, you are likely building muscle and losing body fat. As your waist measurement going down, um, if your waist measurement is going down and everything else is staying the same or chest me bicep measurements are changing, chest measurements are changing, you're building muscle. Waist measurement in males especially is a fucking direct result of body fat. There is nothing else on that that, that core. You look at a male's core. It is an abdominal wall and then organs and body fat. That's it. You can you cannot really alter the thickness of your abdominal wall. Just you could do a fucking a thousand sarps a day and it probably wouldn't change too much. If your waist measurement is decreasing, you're losing body fat. Period. If it's increasing, you're gaining body fat or you may be, you know, too much in your stomach. Now, we are, if, we're, if we're doing it in consistent conditions, that, me that waist measurement will tell you the story of where your body fat's going. And if your arms are increasing, your strength is going up in the gym, then you're going to be building muscle. The idea that muscle weighs more than fat, I mean, that just that's just not relevant to anything. Um, I don't know where that comes from. The, the idea is muscle is more dense. So muscle does not weigh more than fat. I mean, a kilo of muscle is the same as a kilo of fat. Like, it's just a measurement. But muscle is more dense. Therefore, if I, let's say, two pounds of muscle, for anyone in the podcast who isn't listening, or who's listening and can't see, two pounds of muscle may be the size of a tennis ball, but two pounds of fat may be the size of a basketball. Like, I am just using that as total references. I mean, that is not accurate. I, I don't know that. Um, but I'm just using that as a frame of reference. Fat takes up more space than muscle, but it does not weigh more or anything like that. That's total nonsense. It's complete bullshit, um, and it's not really relevant in any sense of the word. Um, so hopefully that answered the question. Effective warm-up to maximize. Callum, we answered that. Um, da -da -da. Struan, why am I not making progress? Um, okay. Struan, do you mind elaborating on that? With strength increasing in workouts, although gains in strength lessening, um, measurements not really changing. My weight has also gone up over the last while. Can't see much difference in appearance. What am I doing wrong? Um, so my understanding is you lost quite a bit of weight to start with. Um, so strength increasing in workouts, also gains in strength lessening. You, strength increasing in the muscle size, going on to a new program, adaptions occur quickly. So you will see an initial increase in strength. You will see an initial increase in performance, but they plateau, they tail off. If you're still seeing one to two reps of an increase in a workout, that's good progress. That's really good progress. If you do that consistently for a period of time, 
while you're actually losing fat, then you're doing well. Strength lessening. So strength increasing on workouts or gains in strength lessening. What do you mean specifically by that? Do you just mean the progress is slowing? Yeah, that, 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 that's just general adaption. So as you come on to something new, because there is room to improve, because there is, you're essentially being exposed to a new stimulus. It's like going into a new fat loss phase. The first two weeks, the first three weeks, the first four weeks, see progress quite quickly. What happens? It slows down. Then you need to make an adjustment. The same goes to when you switch to a new training program. You will see initial spike in progress, then it just happens to tail off. If progress was linear, if progress was always straight up, every one of us would be benching 200,000 kilos if you were training for 40 years and that would be it. But you would just, you, all you would do is just increase. There would be guys who'd been training for 40 years and be benching 1,000 kilos. That's just not the case. There is only a certain limit that you can progress at, and that is then again at, at why we switch training programs up eight to 12, 16 weeks in, to change the stimulus and get a new adaption. When you change, for example, let's say you're doing eight to 12 reps. When you change to maybe five to eight reps or 15 to 20, when you change that program, you will probably see some adaptions quite quickly. And those rep ranges and the progress, then again, it will tail off. And that is just how your body works. Those adaptions will generally occur. Um, can't see much difference in appearance. What am I doing wrong? Also, my weight has also gone up over the last while. Um, how long has the weight gone up over um, in terms of like a week or two weeks? What, what, what kind of time scale are you talking there? So, so did the two and a half kilos go off and then come back on? Strange. Did, the, did you change nutrition at all? Or were you still on plan? Were you still kind of hitting the targets and things like that? In terms of measurements and things like that, where are they now from the starting point to where they are? So where are they from the starting point to where they are now? What kind of changes and things like that have you seen in waist and let's say biceps, chest?
Right, okay. So again, that's just an adjustment then. The last two weeks, been a plateau. It will just be a case of making an adjustment. Either nutrition has to come down or cardio has to increase. Now, you had been in a fat loss phase previously for quite a while, is that right? How long was how long was the fat loss phase? Yeah. Okay, so what tends to happen in those kind of situations where you see a large drop in weight or you have been on a dieting phase for quite a length of time, so that's from March to now, let's just, with maybe a, you know, a month or two break in there, that's still a good five to six months. What we would then essentially need to do is what's called a diet break. If the calories are, I'm not sure where your calories are, I know David's looking after you at the moment, but it would either be a case of we've got two choices. You either continue to dig further, we'd cut the calories more, and we will continue to see that progress. Again, it's just a case of making an adjustment. Or you may need to take something called a diet break, where we strategically increase calories for a period of time with the goal to raise metabolism, get energy back, and reduce activity levels. That then causes the metabolism to elevate slightly. You will generally see weight plateauing a stage like this. That's the goal. The goal is to essentially make no progress. It's just to stay flat, but increase the food you're taking in while simultaneously reducing the, the, the activity. So if you've been in a, a fat loss phase for a while, that's something you do. That's something everyone who was, for example, Stuart's going on to that on Monday. Um, he doesn't know that yet, <laughs> but I was going to tell him that over the weekend. Um, there's three or four guys who are on the program just now who are going into diet breaks as of Monday, where it's a two-week period where we increase, increase calories strategically to then focus on cutting again. And if you have never done that in a four- to six-month period, the likelihood is your metabolism is going to be quite adapted. Now, use myself as the example. When I got to my photo shoot, my calories were under 1,000 per day. I was eating just around 900 calories per day. I was doing one hour of cardio and weight training five times per week. That's what it took to get me that lean. Now, yes, you can push to those limits, and we can, we can certainly do that, and that's what it's going to take sometimes. But um, there was no diet breaks or anything like that in mind. So with a more... With a more strategic approach you do not need to go to levels that that low now that then becomes a question of do you want to push further are you how are you feeling um are you in a good place mentally physically you know how's your energy levels all that kind of thing to push further if it is then we need to go further and that's that's sometimes a decision you need to make or do we need to take a step back for a couple of weeks to realign refocus re-energize give them a metabolism a break for a couple of weeks and then go again. So that would be the two options when you're at plateau. Um, that's obviously a conversation you can have with David and things like that. Um, and I will pass that on to him that we had this conversation as well. Um, so you can communicate where you're at and how you're feeling to him and he can have that conversation. But that would be generally the two options um, that you would look at taking. I know from our conversation previously that you were sitting around 2,000 calories um, when you joined the program. So to me, that tells me we've got room to push. I would not 
typically diet break someone unless their calories, if, 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 who's in your position, who's of similar build, until they were probably around 13, 1400 mark. Some people may, may get away with more or, or may need a diet break sooner. Some people may be, be keen to push further. It totally depends on the person. Um, but sometimes you do need to go to quite low level calories, especially if you have been on that kind of uh, diet period for a long time to really get to those leaner, uh, leaner stages of physique. Does that make sense? To me, to me, if we're sitting at 2,000, it has to be a cut. 2,000 is, is a reasonable amount of calories to be consuming. I would be pushing, I would be pushing for a cut. That, that, that's, that's where I would personally be looking um, if, if, if you're sitting in that just now and maintaining. But it would be a significant drop, maybe 300 or so, um, something that we would continue to break through. Sometimes when you make those smaller adjustments, it just doesn't quite get the... the the momentum or the push that you need. Um, that, that, that answer the question, Stuart? Um, right, Callum, Callum's got another one. When you mentioned spacing out protein meals, what's your thoughts on casein protein powder as opposed to whey protein powder? Um, all honesty, I wouldn't bother. Um, protein, whey protein has been shown to be far better absorbed um, than, than casein. Um, I would just have some whey protein in a scoop of peanut butter. <laughs> um, that's going to help extend the digestion process. Fats will slow down digestion. So having that protein with a fat source is going to do the same thing. Saves you buying two protein powders as well. But but again, um, it, it's, it's, not something that, it's not something you would rule out. It's something I used to do personally. But from what I have read and researched over the years, just have some protein and fats. <laughs> At the end of the day, I mean, you, you, you could go and get it and it would be beneficial, but is there, is there, is there much point in buying two protein powders? I, I personally wouldn't bother. I, I, have not, I have never bought, I haven't bought casein in years. I used to buy it um, and I used to have casein before bed. Now I just have some whey protein and some fats or a protein source and some fats. Like having, having a solid digestion meal, a solid meal would be, um, again, you know, something you look at there. Um, Stuart Coleman, can I build muscle and stay lean in a low-protein diet and this for the long haul so time is on my side? Um, yes, you can. Um, I know, Stuart, we've been kind of discussing the protein intake. There would have to be a minimum a minimum amount. Um, you would almost have to try and find the minimum, the, the minimum amount you can get away with, or the maximum amount you can get away with. The more, the better when it comes to protein. Again, um, maybe causing something like the flare-ups and things like that I've discussed about, but you want to try and get 0 0.7 to 1 gram per pound of body weight if you can. That, that That's a kind of ideal range. But if you go in the lower side of that, maybe 0 0.5 to 0 0.6, 
you should still be reasonably okay. But I would generally push someone to try and get away with as much as they possibly can in that scenario. Protein is the key to building muscle, staying lean, losing body fat. It is a key macronutrient in and of itself. It is not like carbohydrates and fats. Carbohydrates and fats can be reasonably interchanged. Um, you do need some essential fatty acids, but in terms of diets and things like that, when they do research on them, when you match calories and protein, the carbohydrates and fat don't really make too much difference. Um, so try and get as much protein as you can get away with. That would be my um, my kind of suggestion there. Okay, let's see. No questions. No, my back is killing me. <laughs> Sitting here, I don't know why. It's normally okay. Um, David Turner, what is the best thing to help alleviate pain from DOMS? Um, <laughs> train like a gimp. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> the, well, the best thing to alleviate DOMS, obviously, as you get back into things that will help, but I mean, I still get DOMS fucking nine years into my training. Like leg day yesterday, I was walking about like John Wayne. Um, after that, there is always going to be an element of DOMS. How you can help alleviate it, plenty of hydration, plenty of sleep, some stretching, especially maybe some yoga or something along those lines. That's something I've really become a fan of recently. Doing some stretching, some, dyna uh, some, some dynamic stretching pre-workout. Pre so getting properly warmed up and getting properly cooled down doing some stretching in the evening, or maybe even some foam rolling mobility work as well. Those are what's going to really help. But doing your warm-up is just as important as doing your stretching post-workout. Cardio to warm-up, dynamic stretching, then do your rehearsals, you know, into your workout, and then maybe some static stretching at night. I recommend static stretching at night because you can sit and do it, but you can sit and do it while you're watching the telly or watching me talk shit in a Zoom call. Like you don't you don't you don't need to be doing anything. Um, you know, I mean I've been fucking rabbiting on for nearly an hour now. Um, yeah, she you can get that. I mean that just seems a bit intense. <laughs> yeah, like that's see you know honestly there's some there's some really good benefits come out of them. I have done a personal experience with them, I've heard good things, I'm not discounting them, it's just it's a lot of hassle. You know, um, I am. Is it good? Is it good, Strun? Yeah, see, see I, I, I've never heard. I've... Really? There you go. There you go. So maybe, maybe worth getting into. Um... <laughs> really? Good stuff. What, what what do you do? Do you soak in it for like a, maybe an extended period of time, or what, how do how do how do you piece that together, Strun? Right. Nice. Good stuff. Right, well. Well, we're doing that. 
Yeah, the, the, the foam roller, I've got one over there. Um, but I'm going to give that Epsom salts a bath then. I Epsom salts a go then. Um, it's not something I've ever done. Have experience with their strewing get the foam roll and everything. So something like that will, will definitely help. Foam rolling, stretching, your your your, your pre-workout warm-up is as important as your post-workout as well. Try and reduce the friction. Like if you do some stretching and things like that, brilliant. If you're going for a bath, throw some salts in it, there you go. Perfect remedy. Um but that is us for the QA tonight, unless anyone's got anything else they'd like to help me with. Um more than happy to take them. I think that's the longest call we've done in a while. <laughs> Those who sat through it, very well done. Hats off to you. <laughs> He's got it through a marathon. Um, but thank you very much all for your time this evening. Um, anyone who's listened to this, as I said, we are doing three um, health audit kind of strategy calls, coaching calls, whatever you want to call them. Um, we are giving three of those away each week. There will be a link in the description to book if you want to do so. Um, and for anyone who hasn't done so already, grab the free meal plan as well in the link, link below. Um, but everyone, thank you very much for your time tonight. Um, and see you all in the next one. You've been listening to Fitness for 9 to Fivers with Andrew Marsham. You're a grown-ass human being. You have a job, maybe two, kids, errands, bills, a wife, friends. And while the excuse list gets bigger, so does your waist. That's where Andrew comes in. Until next time, find Andrew on Facebook at andrew.marsham.737 and on Instagram at andrewmarsham underscore fitness. To reach out to Andrew, send an email at amfit1993 at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.